Hey guys, Josh Horowitz here, and you are listening to Happy, Sad, Confused because you have great judgment and you manage to click on whatever device you're holding in your hand, whatever computer laptop is in your lap. Uh, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how we all got here together, but we're here. And welcome to another edition of my weekly interview podcast. Hope you're having a great holiday season, guys. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And um, things are going well here at Happy Sad Confused Headquarters. And by that, I mean uh, sitting in my apartment uh, on my couch. That's our kind of headquarters. Well, also my office, where uh, a lot of the interviews that you hear on the podcast are done. Uh, but things are going well because, uh, frankly, the guests are boggling my mind. And this week's guest, uh, I feel like I say this every week, like, oh my God, we've reached another level, whatever. We kind of have. I kind of feel like I've peaked 30-odd episodes in because um, I got a visit in the office recently by... And yes, there are the sirens. You know the sirens are always going to pop up during a happy second views intro. Anyway, the guest this week is Al Pacino, um, which is crazy. Why is Al Pacino coming to my office to talk to me? What has happened to the universe? How is it fractured in this way? I don't know, but here we are, guys. Um, in fact, this is kind of Al Pacino's second appearance on the podcast in a weird way. I mean, not in a weird way. It happened. If you go back in the archives, you'll see uh, something I called a short, a Happy Second View short episode, which we haven't done since. But I was so excited when we got about a 15-minute interview with uh, Al Mr. Pacino, back at the Toronto Film Festival, that I decided to post it because he's freaking Al Pacino. Well, flash forward a couple months, uh, and he's out there promoting um, a film called The Humbling, which, as you'll hear in the podcast, is directed by Barry Levinson, one of the great filmmakers out there who's worked with uh, Al before. Um, and he's trying to get the word out, you know, just like any other actor. It's, it's also, it's award season and he's been mentioned in those conversations as any great Pacino performance does. Um, so, you know, I went after this one and for some reason there he was sitting in front of me for about 40 minutes. And that's what you're going to hear today. Um, he was and is awesome. He's fully engaged. He is a great storyteller. And my God, he's lived a life where he has a thousand stories. And these are just a few of them. And yes, we hit upon some of the big ones, whether it's uh, wrestling with fame after The Godfather, the infamous scene in Heat. Um, there's a lot of juicy stuff in this podcast. I wished it could have gone on longer. But hell, I'm not going to complain about 40 minutes with truly one of the great actors of all time. Um, before we plunge into the interview, guys, a quick reminder, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the great podcasts there. There are forums. Let me know. Let us know what we're doing right. And uh, yeah, I guess you can let us know what we're doing wrong, too. Um, but on to the main event. Here is Al Pacino sitting in front of my my confused face for about 40 minutes as I try to wrap my brain around how I'm so lucky. Enjoy. Around November, October, mid-October, the end of December, yeah. I've often said the talkies come out. <laughs> it's like there's movies all year, but then the talkies come. <laughs> the um, one's certainly worth talking about. Yeah, and then they all kind of, and then there's this rush, and everybody is 
So it's been, you're trying to say, well, I'm here too. So you put your hand up. Yeah. And, so, and there it is. And so you get out and about and you start. It just didn't used to be this way. Yeah, but sure. It's this way now and it's fine. But I mean, it's got to be a source of, of pride and something you can lean on is, I mean, I know in watching this film, The Humbling, it's a, it's a great piece of work. It's a fantastic right. performance. It's Thank Harry you. Levinson. It's Buck Thank Henry. It's you. all these amazing talents yeah. that have come together. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you can, you can think of that and oh, think that you yeah. produce something worthy I, of. I know. That, that's why you sort of say, well, you feel somewhat justified. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that because it, it, it we got it we put it together and there it is and so it's good to hear that thank you for, it, I mean, for your well, no, I, encouragement I, I I mean it I mean it's it's a it's um I mean Philip Roth is a tough guy to adapt clearly and well, I know yeah. this and, and this one kind of started with you well, in fact. Well, well yeah well the thing it I think that that helped a little bit was that the idea that it was about something that I I felt I'm familiar with. You know, the world I come from yeah. have spent all these years doing. Uh, so I thought, gee, if, if I'm ever going to adapt a novel into a movie, yeah. uh, th this would be, this would be uh, a good start because sure. at least I know the subject, I know the world that it comes out of. And I, and then, uh, I, I, I remember purchasing the book. I got the rights to it. And, and then I thought, well, now, I'll go to Barry because I go to Barry Levinson with everything. You know, <laughs> he's just a said, good friend to lean on. Totally. Oh, he's just got it, you know, and I, I love working with him. And so I, I went there and showed him the book. I, and, 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 it, and I, I had a feeling he was going to respond to it yeah. because it's, it's a world he knows too. So then that's a good start. And then afterward, you start the legwork, you know, and how, how do we do it? Where do we do it? Who do we get to write it? You know, because this is Philip Roth. Yeah. And you know, with books, you have to adapt them. It's not, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a film. So right. films are different than books and you, you have to find the film language. And we, we both thought that, uh, uh Buck Henry would be a, a good choice. You know, of course. I mean, he has that innate, uh, sense of things. He, he has a way of looking at things with a kind of wry, ir ironic. Yeah, kind of, he knows humanity and the business. He yeah, can sort of comment on both. Yeah, you know? and and I I think the idea of an actor sort of going down the drain, but at the same time uh, wanting to give up acting and be become a human being, so to speak, uh, amuses him. It amuses it amuses me too. So it, it, it that idea to start with. Kind of, kind of touched us in that area of, of funny. Yeah, and uh, and it plays as such, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and and, to and and that was how we we started it, and it broke through in the text, and it took a couple of couple of years, and finally we found it. Well, how do we make this movie so it it it, it isn't having to be peopled with a lot of. Uh, I guess they call it, it's called names, territories, you know, right. get the amount of money to do it. I said, I don't think that's going to work yeah. because this depends on a, a collective that is really people that understand this world sure. and come from it and want to do it, want to participate. So how to do it. And we got uh, Millennium to back us and Avi Lerner, 
who is not used to making these kind of movies, right. but he was uh, sort of very uh, encouraging. He said, oh, go ahead, try it. And then we did it uh, kind of real independent. You yeah, know? I mean, that's part of what I appreciate and love about it, the fact that you... <laughs> I mean, you and Barry, I mean, you know, obviously as in some respects mainstream and acclaimed yeah. as you can get, yeah. you're making this movie, this real clear labor of love, like yeah. in what, 20 days? I know it's not even a continuous shoot. You're kind of piecing it exactly together. Right. Just a couple, a couple million dollars. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. need to do things this way, but because it's so important to you, you, yeah. you make it work. Yeah, because, yeah, I think we felt as though this is something we know and we have an opportunity to share that and yeah. get that out there and, and it would, it would have, and we, we, it, it, it excites you to be able to do something that you, you, you have a, um, like they say that word, a handle on, but it could go from there, you know, right. if you, it, that's that, and, and it was fun exploring it too at the same time because you gotta keep experimenting and that's what Barry Levinson does. He just keeps throwing things out there that are different. And he's ever changing. So no matter how long he's been around, he's he's you know he does movies on cell phones now too. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he really is. He's he's going through a phase, I guess. That's uh, and I'm very lucky to be you know tapping into that with him. You know that 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 that's a good guy to have around. Totally. Because he's he's very open to things, and and he allowed this to happen. Of course, we we did it in increments, like you said, and. And that was... Uh, it's got to be a challenge. got to be... A, it was a challenge at the same time. I like to make movies. Like I make my own... I occasionally have made my own little right. movies. I call them little art pictures that no one will see. And, and that's the way it should be. <laughs> no one but, will ever see them? <laughs> well, 50 years cool? from now? <laughs> you work on a movie. You really work on it. You put it together and say, gee, you know, I like it. But I don't think anybody else will. So, But wouldn't it be cool to make it, work on a movie and not open it? I think that would be really fun. Hey man, it's pretty good. Yeah, let's not open it. That's uh that's um we're that's enjoying a powerful, it too much. <laughs> powerful sense of withdrawal. Wow, that's fortitude. They, but, they, I think the first I think the first line of this one, if I'm not mistaken, is is uh is this actor hearing like the ten minutes of Showtime kind of call. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, you're still very much a creature of theater. I know you're going back yeah. next year. When you hear that backstage, what what goes? Like, do you feel something in the in your stomach, in your mind, in your heart when you get the call that you're about to go on? Well, I guess there are times where you're so tuned in to, to what you got to go do. You're wondering, why haven't they called 15 minutes yet? You know? When, when, and then finally, they, it, when, once you're through with all your rituals and, and you're having to go up there on the wire, walk across the wire, you, you, you're sort of trying to get prepared for that. Right. Because that's, uh, that's a do or die experience. You know? What are the rituals that you? Well, practice? we all do them. I don't know. Sometimes on certain nights they they multiply, <laughs> depending on the mojo in yeah, there. Exactly <laughs> right. You know, and you just say, "Oh my, I'm going to need all my bag of I'm tricks." I'm going to need everything I can do. <laughs> I think we were fortunate in the film because you have the character I play uh, at the in the dressing room to start the movie. Right. And he's looking in the mirror, talking Shakespeare, and and coming back and wondering how how did you get that. How real was that? He's telling himself in the mirror. Yeah. And finally, and he put takes those masks, the 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 uh, the, the tragic, tragic and comedy, comedy, sure. And he puts them together. And I thought, gee, we didn't plan that, but in a sense, that's what this movie is. Yeah. It's a tragic comedy. Yeah. 
If I eavesdropped on you, if I had a, if I, if I saw you in the week or two before your, as you're prepping for a movie, are you talking to yourself at home? Are you kind of like, what do you, what are you like in that kind of prep mode? Well, I, I'm, I'm talking to myself even when I'm not doing a movie or a play. I just, I just do it. It's a fuck it. You know, you get a point where you just say, hey, I'm just going to talk to myself. Who cares? Because sometimes if you're walking in the streets, especially in New York City, my friend and I always used to say, do you think, it just came upon him today to start talking to himself. When you see one of those people walking by, it was like, how long? So you can only gauge how long he's been street walking and talking. And long, there's nobody else there. Been, yeah. you know? The loneliness sets in. You know, pretty much just say, oh, screw it. I'll just, I'll just start talking and something will happen. But yeah, I, I, you know, you, you do sometimes. I, sometimes, I used to worry about it. Sometimes you say, oh, you got to. But now, sometimes I just, uh, if I'm thinking about a role or something, I just say, fuck it. I just start talking. Sure. You know, and, it, and, and after a while, you get a kind of seniority license because they purposely say, hey, there's Al. He's doing a part. He must be working on a part. And they're right. You That's can get away usually, with all of it now. You, you might as well let it all hang out. You let it all go. You just see, they understand. <laughs> They've seen me before. Um, I'm privileged that you've come by. Come by to my office in, in Midtown, oh, New York. It's a pleasure. And, and uh, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a born and bred New Yorker. I know, obviously, you grew oh, up yeah. in, in the city here. Uh, you don't make your home all the time here now because of your kids, right? You're, you're, That's right. Yeah. I have my, my, my youngest children are in Los Angeles, and I split custody with right. my ex, and so there it is. So when you – I mean, obviously, you're, you're recognized wherever you go, but in New York, is it a different kind of recognition, a different kind of interaction? Uh, it used to be, but now it seems to be everywhere I go. <laughs> I go because of cable, you see. I think that's a big thing, cable. They do your, your and if you have broad-based movies, movies that sort of have a kind of a, a, a good, a good variety sure. of people. So it, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, but New York, of course, it's Al from the trucks, from everywhere, from the streets. And every time if you don't know me and you see me on the street, uh, and I'm talking to a few people, you can rest assured I don't know them. <laughs> We've met and we're talking about things. Right. And that's New York, which is great. Was that I, something I that, that, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people here that have wrestled with that, that pivot of, of, you know, dealing with fame and dealing with, you know, when you suddenly become a recognizable yeah, figure. And obviously yeah. you experienced it in a huge way. Yeah, yeah. Was it, did you handle it well at the time, do you think? Like, well, not you, when it first happened to yeah. me. I was very young and it was like very it was very strange. Too, the world was different, and fame wasn't in your face all the time. And the awareness that it is today—I mean, right. kids want to be famous first before they've done anything. You know, it's uh, it's it's like it's the cart's a little before the horse. Yeah. But 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 back then it was like being—it was, it was almost like being. I was shocked, as my friend used to say to me, when we'd meet people in the street, say, and they'd come up to me and ask me for an autograph or something. He said, Al, you look surprised. And I was still, like, surprised. I thought, well, what did I, what, what happened? And then you have to compute that. Yeah. So that's where we were at in those days. You know, and I'm talking, like, 40 years ago. Sure. So. And uh, now, now it, it, it's the cameras, because that changed everything, you know, because you, you, uh, you start to see that, it is really exciting. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got a cell phone. So you're you're taking s selfies all the time. 
I like this guy, though. In the old days, I remember once crossing a street, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, Are you Al Pacino? And I said, Yeah. He said, Congratulations. You look like you oughta. <laughs> Take that over a selfie any day. Yeah, please. yeah. That was very original. It made me smile, actually. <laughs> Does it... I mean, do you kind of like lament? I mean, you kind of alluded to this. Our notion of celebrity is much different now. Clearly, it, 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 yeah. it seemed to be based more on direct a direct correlation between talent uh, and celebrity. And now, we have all types. And and yeah, is, it, it's it's it. Well, it's just it, 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 it's exploded. It's yeah. exploded in the last ten years, especially. And you like to see people. Uh, you know, it's fine if somebody's a celebrity over whatever they do because sure. it takes. A certain amount of ingenuity to get to that level anyway, where you can be famous for doing nothing. So right. you had to be able to focus on how to do nothing and become a celebrity. So it takes a certain amount of talent to right. do that. But the the idea of the, the young ones wanting to be famous first, that that's what's motivating them, that that's right. what's inspiring them, that that's a little tricky. One would like to get it from another another angle if one wants it. It's a funny thing about, about, about that, because anonymity, as I've always said, is something you don't know you have right. until you've lost it. And then it's a different thing. And there's something to say for getting used to it, being famous, sure. and living with it. And as my great friend and mentor used to say, Lee Strasberg, darling, you simply have to adjust. Yeah. And, and what's the other option? You what, know I mean? Yeah, it's, where's the other option? I yeah. don't know. I mean, the give and take of that, of course, is like, again, back in that crazy heyday when it all first exploded and the run of films was like, it seemed like classic after classic yeah, after classic. Yeah. Yeah, you must have felt, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you must have felt a sense of invincibility, though, too, I would think. Well, I, I mean, just felt, too, but... You know, I didn't feel I was responsible. I mean, I didn't make those movies. Those, you know, <laughs> The Godfather. Please, I didn't make it. I was in it. One would argue you were God. a significant factor. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that, I'm glad to hear that. That's very pleasing to hear. But somebody was asking me the other day about the 70s, which people seem to want to talk about the 70s when they see me. I'm like, gee, that means something. You know? <laughs> that means, uh, what have I been doing? No. Until, no, it doesn't. No, actually. But I do say that, uh, uh, well, I said the 70s, I would talk about it if I could remember it. Right. And, and because I, I, I have little patches of things that happened to me in, in the 70s. Certainly, I wasn't really aware of the effect it has, and, and happily so, I wasn't. Sure. Know, because I kept going back to the theater. I kept... My friends, uh, the few friends I had, that, and that that kept me, um, if not literally sober, yeah. you know, psychologically sober, to what I was in relation to the world. I kept trying to do that, but I was sort of uh, I I considered myself shy. As as a matter of fact, somebody I've known from before saw me. Apparently, I was on some red carpets. Because they've been coming my way lately. <laughs> you know, oh, there's a red carpet. You know, I said, if you see a red carpet, I just go to it. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, but I think someone said to me, who I, I knew, and, and she just said, uh, I liked you better when you were shy. 
That guy's still there. I thought, gee, <laughs> I mean, who is she seeing? <laughs> you know, the fantasy is what I mean. Right. The fantasy just starts to, you know, it takes on, because she knows me very well, too, right. you know. So for her to say that, I thought she, you know, she's on the Internet. Yeah. She sees that, and, and people then interpret it. Or they give it, um, they give it, they endow it with reality. Yeah. But it's really um, out there because my movies, I happened to do two at the same festival. Right. You were there yep. when I did two, which was a not a good coincidence, <laughs> I have to say. But and you've got it, another one coming in a few months. I just saw the trailer for yeah, you. Yeah, I don't have to go to any festivals. <laughs> I think too that that movie. I wonder what it's going to be like to promote that because it seems like it's. Uh, Kind of an easier film to. It's more audience friendly. Right. It has, I think, more of an audience than these because of its uh, content and the way it's expressed. Sure, it's a good. It's a nice movie. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Cannavale, amazing, great. Uh, and then and then Benning, Benning, yep. And then, of course, Christopher Plummer. What, you, what can you say to Not him? Not bad. I mean, talking about another guy, it seems like a kindred spirit, a man who it seems will be acting until oh, they drag him. I don't really, I don't really know how he does it. I must say, to do it with such alacrity and and such joy, I think he's our greatest actor. Yeah. Can I hear the truth. Hello, friends. Time for a special little message just for you. It is the holiday season. I know we're all reckoning with this. It is time to procure gifts for our friends and family. And if you're like me, that's not your favorite thing to do. It's tough to shop for people, especially dudes like me. But I've got a solution. I've got an answer. I've got an option that I can personally attest is a good one. Have you ever considered giving a razor? I know that sounds weird. It's not weird. Let me be more specific. Have you considered giving Harry's? Let me go on. Just indulge me for a second. Harry's is this awesome brand that I have used, and I hate shaving. If you've seen me, you see I often have this scruff. I'm trying to keep it my weird face in order as best I can. Um, but, you know, I have to shave. This is, the, this is what God has told me I have to do. Um, and I have to say, since I started using this Harry's razor, it's actually really good. I know I, I'm, I would not honestly say this if I didn't believe it, but it, it is a big cut above everything I've used, and I highly recommend it. And here's the offer we're going to give you today for Happy Second Fused listeners. Harry's is offering something called the Winter Winston Set. So you, for $30, you get this cool chrome razor. It's super high quality. You get their blades, three of their high quality blades, and you get a uh, shaving gel or shaving cream. And the, the good part is for people like me, it's already wrapped. I don't have to worry about the wrapping and the shipping is totally free. Plus you get $5 off your first purchase. Um, with just the promo code HAPPY. That makes sense, right? Use the promo code HAPPY. Get $5 off your first purchase. Um, so let, let, me, let me give you a sense. So say you go with, for instance, there's the basic kit, and you use that promo code. You're going to get a razor. You're going to get three blades, and you get uh, get the, um, the shaving gel or the shaving cream, and that's just $10 um, for, the, for the basic set. Uh, not only, guys, by the way, is this half the price of like the other high-quality, like the big branded blades, but you're getting... Super high quality German made blades, and they're being shipped straight to your front door, so you can skip all the worry about going to, you know, any department stores, etc. Um, plus, I should say, Harry's 
gives back, which is awesome. They support the community by donating 1% of sales and volunteering 1% of all employees' time with their community partner, City Year. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, I have enjoyed using it. Um, there's none of that annoying, that weird, like, plexiglass case it came right to me. The quality is great. You're not going to cut yourself. And it's a truly great low price for high-quality stuff. So, again, guys, go to harrys.com. They'll give you $5 off. Just use my coupon code HAPPY with the first purchase. That's harrys.com. Enter the code HAPPY, $5 off, and start shaving better today. You, um, it, It's funny. You mentioned Strasbourg, who obviously comes up a lot in conversations yeah. with you. It feels like you have – I wonder if it comes from the mentorship you got from him, but – some kind of desire, need to mentor others. I mean, we talked a little bit in Toronto about Jessica Chastain, who obviously you helped, and she gives you full oh, credit for kind oh, of helping she does, launch. Does she ever? A little bit too much credit. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there and you look at this this gift in front of you, and you say, "Am I looking at a prodigy?" You know, that's what I was looking at when she auditioned for Salome. It was something to see. Yeah. So. But does, is, is there a desire? Is there, does that bring you joy to kind of like mentor in some way younger actors well, in whatever way possible? Oh, yeah. If I'm helping someone just through, you know, uh, you know as long as we take the title of men, mentor away and just say, I'm talking to somebody who's actor, got actor, less and, experience yeah. than I do, and maybe I have something to offer them. Sometimes I won't, they'll remain nameless, but some of the young actors I've met who you can see and around them are people that you can tell don't un quite understand what this is. Yeah. And uh, occasionally I'll talk to them, and uh, it's not enough, really. If, yeah. if you're going to do it, you have to go all out and do it. It's not a, you know, you just don't mentor somebody, and, and it works with a couple of sittings or a right. couple of suggestions i don't think so you have to be there a lot yeah i mean how did you navigate that because i mean i were you just lucky in who you surrounded charlie, yourself with and my great friend charlie lawton who was my mentor my real mentor oh, really? and who passed away about a year ago and he was uh he was what kept me together i mean as a matter of fact he got me off that wild thing i was on in the 70s right my dad and and he got me to understand and relate to it and Admit to it, really. Yeah. And I think that was why I'm still here. No yeah. doubt about it. And, I mean, did, you've talked about this a lot. Obviously, if you look at the filmography, there is that period in the 80s where you took a very conscious step yeah. backward. I took about four years off. Yeah. In, in hindsight, did that? Did you need that? I did. I did. It was a wonderful time. It kind of coincided also with, like, frankly, the kinds of movies that were being made probably weren't necessarily your cup of tea anyway. The 80s aren't known necessarily for the high point of... <laughs> Well, you know, it, it mainly was a kind of, I thought that the, I was in this thing that didn't seem to stop and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get back. And then I moved back a little bit to take a look at the painting. You know, you, when you're too close to the painting, you, you can't see it. And those years were really invaluable to me. Yeah. But I got back because I was, you know, I needed, <laughs> I needed the coins. Sure, sure. You know, you can live four years for so long. Right. Without, yeah. Finally, saying, "Wait a minute, you got to earn some money." When uh, it's impossible, of course, in in our times to go through like all the parts I, I want desperately want to. But just to mention one in like uh, famous scenes that will live on forever. Obviously, Heat, which is 
just a remarkable film oh, and within that film yeah. is one of the most compelling sequences ever I mean living up to the hype of putting you and Robert De Niro together is a yeah. tough thing to do yeah. um, what, I'm just curious what do you remember about shooting that scene in particular the designer scene of course where you guys never what? actually share a frame but yet have an amazing interaction with, with Bob who's so smart and I naturally thought we'd rehearse and he said I don't think so Al let's not rehearse Let's just wait when we're there, and then we can do it there. And turns out he was totally right. You know, it, it just made such a difference to be able to do it right there in the moment. You know, so I does I, it I, feel like electric in that moment? Because watching that scene, you feel it. I don't know. It just feels oh, yeah. like magic. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing it. I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. I remember seeing it thinking, wow. It's funny because, I mean, I think of that director, for instance, Michael Mann, and I think of like some of the most significant filmmakers you've worked with. You know, they're, they're difficult is a, is, is a too strong a word, but they're hard-edged guys that know what they want. You yeah. know, I think of a De Palma. I think of Oliver Stone. Yeah, these, yeah. these guys don't suffer fools. No. Is there a commonality? Is there is there any in, in the well, ones that you've gravitated to me, towards? Uh, and they they have their eccentricities, and they're as different as anything I, I've ever uh, people I've met. They're as different from each other, you know. But they yeah. do have their idiosyncratic uh, things, uh, as we all do. Actually, I mean it's it's called aging. <laughs> <laughs> they just get more pronounced as we get yeah. older. Yeah, we start talking to ourselves <laughs> on the street. You know, it's. But 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 I think uh, yeah they do have I know that uh, sometimes you look at Michael and and because he is really a great I mean what he did with the films he's made some of these films he's made I mean what can you say yeah and with Heat I mean this is a this is a you know uh, this is a movie that's been done before right yeah what he did with it so. Because he had that feeling for it, or the insider, which I was lucky enough to be in, with Russell Crowe and what he did. But you know, you you start to get a little bit. Sometimes you start to see it. And with Michael, which is is interesting. I mean, I remember saying, "We'd say let's do it again." He would say, "Let's do it again." And I finally wound up saying what a lot of actors will say: "Why, Mike?" <laughs> What, what what do you want? He said, no, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Just do it again. Hmm. But you know you're in the hands of a master. Right. So in a way, you do it again. Uh, but but you know that he will formulate something. He's looking for something. So let him let him go in that way. Yeah. I, and so 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 that's one of the perks with working with those kind of people, because like a like a Barry Levinson, for instance. You know he's got this built-in sensor, and even Warren Beatty, who directed me in a movie, you you can just trust that yeah. intelligence, that that sens- sensibility. Yeah, you know you you you're in the hands of somebody who's gonna so you, it frees you a little bit. Totally, you start to say, well, I can do pretty much anything because I got a sensor here who I can trust. Yeah, you know his taste, and. Um, you, you obviously no actor can work with with everyone, but I mean it's it's kind of surprising. Like as many of the greats that you've worked with, like for instance, like some of especially the New York iconic filmmakers, for whatever yeah. reason, you know like Woody or Spike or Marty. I know there's talk of I that know. still. I, I just don't know how I missed them. I I don't know what it what it is, but I guess you know so much of directing 
is casting. Yeah. And when they see somebody in a role, they, they there's wanting to work with somebody. The difference is between wanting to work with somebody or are they right for the part. I know that these uh, directors uh, have even voiced how they would like to work with yeah, them. Yeah. But unless you sort of fit into their... The great ones, anyway, their their sort of a, 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 their idea of the movie, they're not going to get in because yeah. that's first for them what it, they're doing. Is the is the Marty film the Irishman still something that's going to hopefully yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah, I know great. it's been in the ether for a bit, but that's right. It's a wonderful script, you know. Um, um, Stephen, uh, um, Steve, is uh, it Zalian or Zalian? Yeah. Oh man, he can write. Yeah, he can write, and and this is such a great part for Bob. And it's such a great script. It's wonderful. You got Pesci, you got Bobby Cannavale in it. It's uh, it's interesting. When uh, when I spoke to you in Toronto, that was when uh, the world discovered that uh, the most unlikely Marvel movie fan was Al Pacino, <laughs> Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, <laughs> have yes. they come calling since? Has well, yeah, I met with the Marvel guy. You yeah. know, I thought you know it's 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 a marvel how things happen. You know. <laughs> But I, I, I was saying it in passing because I, my, my, my little ones took me to see it. And I was so impressed. And also, you know, it's, it's my new pet thing that I talk about is doing things on big screens. Let's, let's see movies on big screens again. How do we do that? I know it's hard, but you start to see other things and, and it makes certain demands on the audience and the filmmakers. And this is a kind of mutual experience. Then. Yeah. And and uh, seeing this Marvel picture, I was saying, I'm going to go see another picture with my kids, so I'll just sit there and think about other things. <laughs> it's either that or Frozen for the fourth time, probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I tell you the truth, with this movie, I was taken up, and it was, uh, it was, it was just inventive, funny, uh, both. It was strong, the sound, the music, the production of it, ingenuity of it. And I was very impressed with it. Yeah. So I remember someone mentioning it to me in Italy or something about it. I said, oh, that's, that's a great movie. End of story. It was all over the internet. I know. As though I wouldn't, why wouldn't I like a movie I like that? I guess that's true. Yeah. Appreciate a movie yeah. like that. I'm not necessarily going to be in it. Right. But at the same time, you know, there's value to it. Yeah. And you can see. So have we willed something into the universe? You said you talked to, what, was it Kevin Feige, the head guy at Marvel? Yeah. You talked to yeah. Him? Oh, yeah. You think something yeah. will happen or? Well, uh, I, 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 I would imagine either there's something he feels is right for me, and if I feel, you know, here we go again. There's Kevin. He's offering the yeah, part right now. See, every time we talk about Marvel, that's kind of things <laughs> they've got their De Niro and Marvel are listening at yeah. all times. Well, I hope that comes to pass. It would be a trip to see you in, in one of those sort of movies. I mean, it, it feels like do you, like when you look at the filmography, do you like do you ha do you feel like you, are you proud of your batting average in terms of selection of material in terms of like. Well, I, I, I don't know, you know, the, the, the periods we go through in life where, you know, the cycles we take, and, 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 and sometimes I just stop listening. I stop listening to my, my, my sense of things. Mm -hmm. and, and, and go, you know, you sometimes just, it depends on how you're, uh, how you're built yeah. in your mind, and sometimes you just go do something because it's time, I'm tired, I, we're, you know, in movies, especially, they take care of you. 
you say yes to a movie, you know, oh, so you go through the whole thing, and finally you say, okay, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're in a nice hotel, you're being fed, you're going out, you know, you, you, it's, it's being done for you. Yeah. And, and, and I think that sometimes you're seduced into that. Yeah. And, and usually there's different reasons. Sometimes it's for money. Sometimes it's because your, your life is in a, in a certain place and you're trying to, you're trying to escape from it, you know. Right. And what better escape than either go see a movie or do one yourself, right. you know. It's, it's funny how, like, uh, for some reason in acting, somehow the audiences are less forgiving about people taking roles work for money. Like, as if it's, this is the practicalities of life sometimes where, well, like, people, you know. You know. <laughs> but it, it's certainly time there are certain expectations of certain, and certain artists, and, and you want to see them continuing that, sure. basically. So I can understand the reaction when you're not, you're, you go off, you go off message a little bit. Right. And, uh, but nobody, Sets out to make a bad film. Of course, you know you you really are. Uh, are now I did this movie looking for Richard, which was m my idea, and and it's doing those kinds of movies and being lucky enough to to do it. And I, I had the finances to support it. Right. But I did two or three movies while I was doing that movie. You can see the various looks I have, if if you've ever seen sure, the film. Sure, of course I have. Yeah, yeah. And and but it is a movie done out of out of a need. Uh, and 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 then I did the Salome stuff, which is still floating around. Eventually, will make its way here. I hope. And Je Jessica Chastain is 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 worth the <laughs> the price of admission. Oh, right there. she's worth going to see her in that. <laughs> this is her great role. Great role. For her, when you when you're on a set nowadays, are you? I mean, what 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 turns you off? I mean, you talked about directors that knowing like you have that comfort zone, and that's obviously yeah. gotta be the best thing. When when do you know you're in trouble? When do you know I'm gonna have to kind of? Well, I'm doing a lot when I'm doing a lot of small talk on the set. I know I'm in real trouble. I'm trying telling jokes or whatever because it, you know it's a very private thing. It, it, movies are exhausting in another way. Theater's exhausting in the fact that you're doing ridiculous eight times a week. They should outlaw that. <laughs> and the, the, the other, in a movie, it, it does drain after all these days. Usually, in the old days, but today's world, the kind of movies uh, we make that are what you would call, I call them the talkies, they, like I mentioned, come around in November, December, sure. they all start coming out. <laughs> well, when you make those movies... Usually you have six weeks to make the movie in. Yeah. And more than likely no rehearsals. So it's pretty hard to, to get drained because you really got, you, you, you got to do these scenes. Right. I did a movie where, you know, the director was calling action. And while we had the scripts in our hand doing a little read through, just toss them away quickly. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I think they should call all the movies I make rushing. <laughs> It, it, it's funny because you you, you want to you understand it at the same time because there's a pressure to do these things and these people are good people. I mean, yeah. they're trying to make a movie, but they're they're being squeezed. Yeah. So to compensate, I keep saying, well, let's at least then have the rehearsal. You know, Lamet. I made movies with Sidney Lamet, and Lamet used to shoot five six weeks. He's out of television. That's how fast he was. But we had a month to rehearse the movie. Right. That's you know, so you've got the build up so you can take the fast the fast shoot. Now, especially the way he shot, though he so knew what he was doing that it was uh it was 
was talking to his camera operator, who I met him, did Dog Day, camera operator for Dog Day. And there's another movie, for instance, if you want to see what Lamette can do. If you see Dog Day on a big screen, you'll see. It's like you're there. I mean, he puts you in that street and you start... It's it's a kind of very special. Did you did you happen to see the new the uh, the documentary the dog? Recently? I didn't. No, I missed it. I missed it. Interesting. You know, I never got to see him. The guy. I just thought it wasn't it wasn't the thing to see him. Right. And I didn't. I got to know Kavorkian after I played him, because I thought, well, he went to prison. I'd rather talk to him, not in retrospect. You know, not yeah. him remembering. Whereas in Serpico. Frank was right there, you know. We, we were we were we were dealing with the whole thing. I have to say one thing Frank said that I think is one of the most interesting things I've ever heard. We were in Montauk, and I was working on the part. And Frank and I were in separate. I was with him all the time. We just sort of, and I enjoyed it too. You know, I mean, there were times he would always sit with his. Not with his back to the door if we were at a restaurant. He had that big nine millimeter gun there, wow. and he'd face that door. <laughs> so I thought, well, that's 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 intense way to killed in the lily. Yeah, <laughs> but it was still impressive. And then I remember him. Uh, we're out at Montauk, sitting on a deck, looking out at the ocean. And finally, <clears throat> I said a kind of plebeian uh, question. That sure. was, you know, but I I thought, why not? I said to him, Frank. There you are in the midst of all of this. <clears throat> Why didn't you just take the money? Take the money and, and then give it to charity. And he looked at me a long time and he just said, well, if I did that, who would I be when I listened to Beethoven? When everything else doesn't matter, when you're just <laughs> Who yourself. would I be when I listened to Beethoven? <laughs> wow. Now that... Uh, juxtaposition, yep. that image of it, the question, then him coming up with that thing was, was who that guy was. Yeah. So, you know, he was uh, very smart. Did, did that role put you in any danger yourself? Did you ever feel at <laughs> risk thanks to him? Mean, that was well, such when a... I was that age, I was young, I was running up the stairs with the cops. I thought, then the mid, mid, mid flight, going from the first floor to the second floor, one of these tenements, I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I don't have a gun. <laughs> And I'm not a cop, <laughs> but I got the feel of it, you know. Yeah. And so, and, and finally, I just said, "Okay, we're going to back off that now." <laughs> um, I'll release you into the wilds in a moment, sir. But I'm just curious, also, like uh, you know, you mentioned that the, our, our period of the talkies right now, some really quality flicks out there. Are you? I mean, what I love about you, and many reasons I love about you, is that you are an appreciator of the of the art of the film oh, yeah. form of great actors like Jessica, etc. Um, yeah. Who's on your radar right now? What films are on your radar or anything? Well, of course, I saw Birdman, which I this thought... This is my Birdman you know, action figure. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it was, you know, it's, it's, it's not often you go to a movie and you see stuff you haven't seen before, ever, you know. And so that was, that was really uplifting. But at the same time, he's playing an actor. And that's what I'm playing. And we're in some sort of weird, warped competition of some sort. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, as you've seen both films, it's so different. Well, and one's, uh, I think, I think it's, I think Birdman is a kind of a satire, which we don't get much of here in America. Movies that are satires right. of that significance, you know, it's got real. Uh, so I was very engaged with it and thought, wow. And then I saw 
Oh, what else did I see? I saw this kid be really good uh, in the uh, Hawkins movie. Yeah, we just had him on the, the podcast. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne, amazing. He really does a good job. Yeah. And then, oh, let me see. Uh, you know, you get those screeners. Yep. You don't want to look at them. You don't want to look at them. You want to go to the movie. Of course. But then you get sort of like cozy at your house. Oh, I'll just put it in. But as soon as you put in that movie, and you know you can pause it, forget it. You're done. Yeah. That's in your head. So how are you going to give yourself? Because it takes a certain amount of giving of yourself to a movie. Why not? I mean, you've got to. I mean, but we... It's not made that way. Movies aren't. I mean, the, the movie seats are softer than the theater seats. You can lean back. It's a movie. I mean, you can sit and enjoy. You want to be entertained. You have popcorn. And it's just, stuff. it's it's the, literally the last refuge of like where we don't have seven devices around us, like That's competing right. for our attention. It's, That's it's, right. I mean, it's that or church, I suppose, at this yeah. point. I mean, it's, right. we need that. Well, it is a form of getting together. Yeah. Movies are a form of communion. And I mean, and 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 we lose uh, we lose sight of that, and uh, that's why it's good to go with my kids when I go because yeah. I'm in there with a the crowd, and you and you, you you get in the movie. I I feel that way, but I'm going to wind wind up watching some screeners. Just <laughs> too busy talking about myself, lately, you know. So <laughs> or talking to yourself on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my unsolicited recommendation: whether it's a screener or a film, it's an actor that's been that's been compared to you, and that's high praise. Is uh, uh, Oscar Isaac in a most oh, violent year? He's so wonderful. Is a great I, film, and it feels like it could have been made back when you know you and Lumet, et cetera, were making films. Oh, it's wow. it's a good one. No, he's he's a pleasure. I met him. I know him a little bit. And uh, uh, I think he may be in a movie I, I'm going to probably produce. Nice. So, it's great. There you go. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming oh, on today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, the Humbling is uh, another added to a very long list of uh, the very best performances uh, oh. that you have uh, contributed to the amazing medium that is film. And, uh, thank you. And thanks again for stopping by, man. Oh, my pleasure. It's been great talking to you. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.